nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe of top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So welcome back to the Matter of a Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today I have for you Rawin Guerrero, which I found out, by the way, is from Trinidad. And my audience knows I'm Jamaican and we're both completely mixed up. So you might hear when her accent comes out, you might hear a little bit about my accent as well, just to let you know. But aside from that, she's an author and functional health coach. And of course, I might have a hacky episode for you today. Five reasons why your diet isn't working. And with that being said, let's get started. Hey, Rowan, how are you doing today? Doing really well. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. I love that we have a Caribbean connection. It's made me really happy. <laughs> save here, save here. I forgot to tell you that I speak Spanish too. So my arms kind of rolled. I didn't even think about it. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, with that being said, uh, tell my audience about yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, everyone knows now that, you know, this accent is from Trinidad. Um, I left the I left Trinidad when I was 22 with 800 pounds to my name and moved to England to study psychology because I had had a really um, strange experience with my grandfather. He had uh, generalized anxiety disorder. And because of that, he ended up being on medication on psychopharmaceuticals for a very long time that ended up damaging his brain and leading to dementia. So that was probably one of my first sort of forays into understanding, well, how do you help people um, with non-pharmaceutical ways uh, and how to manage their health, particularly things like mental health and performance and, and, um, and preventing age-related illness. So um, yeah, fast forward to now I'm living sort of like between three countries, living between London and uh, and Mexico and California. So um, right now running this business, it's been five years. I can't, you can't even believe it. Literally like two weeks ago, it was five, I celebrated my five-year anniversary. And, um, you know, we have helped over 300 women in that time where I've worked one-on-one -on -one with them in the five years and, um, you know, literally transforming their lives and helping them move from a state of being burnt out and anxious and stressed and overwhelmed and not knowing what's going on with their bodies and constantly kind of being dismissed by their doctors to now where they're in a place like they have complete clarity about what's happening with them and and thriving and being successful and having joy and really knowing what their purpose is and turning all of that confusion into something useful and purposeful. That's absolutely amazing. And remember, we were talking about, we were talking before the uh, actual interview, I think it was like 30 minutes or the time just kind of flew by. And we we're talking, we we're saying that, you know, when once you're in a, you're become a health coach, life just becomes more interesting, or you even as a person just become more interesting just to talk to, because people start to learn that as especially in today's space, that as you start to make changes to your health, 
you start to feel better. You start to operate better. Your mind becomes clearer. Your energy becomes better. And they want to learn more. And talking to a health coach is one of the good ways of learning more of those things. Mm -hmm. But I have a question that I wasn't planning to ask, but now I'm just a little curious. <laughs> if it doesn't work, just edit it out of the podcast, right? But um, how long do you usually see on average it takes someone to start realizing changes that's been helpful to them? Oh, that's a great question. So I like to, to work with people for a, a minimum of 90 days. But what I will tell you and what I've been seeing over and over and over again with the framework that I use, once we dial in their nutrition, and that is done through a series of we do some lab testing first, and we figure out what actually works best for them. Once we dial it in, sometimes within the space of seven days, people can start seeing changes. I'm not joking. Like I had a lady who had been out of breath for 15 years, and she had to retire early from her job. And within seven days of us tweaking her nutrition and her consuming more protein, more good fat, less carbohydrates, she stopped being out of breath. Her anxiety went away like seven days, no joke. Um, and she lost about seven pounds in that time. And now we're sort of three months in. She's lost like 20 pounds over that that uh, that three month period. Um, and she's feeling better than she's ever felt. And what's really amazing is that her husband, who was not on my protocol, but just because he was eating the way that she was eating, he has he's lost like 35 pounds in that time. He's been able to come off some of his cardiovascular medication and was actually able to go do an operation because he couldn't do it previously because he was too overweight. So now he was able to do an operation to fix his cataracts in his eyes. So now he can see better. So I love the fact that when I work with a woman in particular, like all this other stuff in the family starts to change, either the partners start getting better, the kids start getting better. And it can all happen really, really quickly, like seven days, two weeks, people start feeling I'm not saying that you're done, by the way, just you know, you're not done It is a journey. And there's a process that people have to go through. But you can start seeing changes in as little as seven days. That I, I love that. And, and that's why I really wanted to ask you because so I have a client the other day. Well, I have a client that uh, we started making changes. I would say now it's been like three weeks in. Mm -hmm. But even after a week, he really started getting stronger. He started feeling better. Mm -hmm. He uh, his his energy levels were through the roof just by making some small little tweaks. And mm -hmm. he so he just said, as just to give a little backstory, he fell off his bike, his bicycle. Oh and tore up his tricep and we've been rehabbing it for a while but then i told him that one of the biggest reason why he was taking longer was because of it he wasn't sticking to the diet that i laid out for him mm -hmm. so when i sat down i had a talk with him because he was frustrated that he wasn't getting as stronger as he should it wasn't healing as it should when i sat down and had a talk with him and said either we're going to do it or we're not going to do it and he started sticking to exactly the way i laid it out for him within a week he's like oh my God, I feel so much different. Now that doesn't always happen for everybody. For some people, some things may take a longer period of time, but however, it's the proof is in the pudding. That's why I call it a matter of a mind experience. Mm -hmm. When you start making changes to physical changes, mm -hmm. everything else will start making more sense. The anecdotal piece. I think a lot of times we use anecdotal as like a bad word. Like we mm -hmm. think about what does the science say? What does the science say? I'm going to tell you something. If I drink, and got drunk last night and I feel like crap today. I don't need science to tell me that I don't need to do that to my body. So anecdotal piece is that is very important. Me being a biohacker, I look at scientific studies. Mm -hmm. I look at ancestral living and I also look at anecdotal evidence. And that's how I put together my program. That's how I put together the matter of a mind experience so I can mm -hmm. give you 
all sides to everything. So thank you for breaking that down and kind of going on the fly. Cause again, I wasn't expecting that question, but now let, talking about nutrition, let's talk about our best friend, sugars. <laughs> Are sugars healthy? Well, it depends. Um, and that's probably going to be my answer, by the way, for a lot of your questions, because, you know, what works for one person, and we always say this, what's one, one man's meat is another man's poison. And you mentioned something very interesting just now about ancestral, like what works for people ancestrally. Now, if we look back to our Paleolithic times and what we were doing back then, sugar was not a widely available um, resource, right? We ate a lot of, um, you know, we're hunters, we would, we would eat meat, animal protein right? And berries and the things that we'd forage for, they would only be at certain times of the year. So we would eat seasonally. So our sugar is healthy. Um, some people genetically are probably going to do better on certain types of sugars. I definitely don't think high fructose corn syrup is ever healthy for anyone. Um, for someone like me, like from the Southern Caribbean, like, so like, let's look at a common example, my husband and me, he's got, um, uh, Scottish, Welsh, Irish ancestry. Um, I'm from the Caribbean. So he can do really, really well on meat and fat. He's kind of Viking, to be honest. He's, he's kind of, you know, he, he's just like protein and fat and he does really, really well. And he has a lot of good energy. If he eats a potato, he will go to sleep. I am the complete opposite, right? So I am for, I have very mixed blood. Um, you know, I, I think probably most of my uh, native from Venezuela, native Indian from Venezuela, we probably ate a lot of corn, a lot of potatoes, those kinds of things, because those are things that grew in, Ven you know, in, in South America. So I do okay on those things. I, my blood sugar does not spike and I don't crash and I don't fall straight to sleep. So our sugar is healthy depends on the type of sugar it depends on who is having the sugar like and what you know so that's also really really important so is it a starchy complex carb is it a starchy carbohydrate is it a complex carbohydrate is it one of those um you know just some sort of like processed really yucky like no that's never going to be healthy um how you consume it's going to be important as well do you consume it along with fat do you consume it along with protein do you consume it along with fiber all of that's going to influence how healthy it's going to be for you because there are ways to consume things where you can hack it and you'll be like okay I might have a cheat day today and I will decide to have you know the maple syrup or the honey instead of the you know table sugar or the high fructose corn syrup um are they healthy I still think that sugar is like you know, it feeds cancer. So ultimately, probably no. But if you have fruit sugar, and it's not like dried fruit, you know, or anything like that, if you have like some blueberries, some low sugar fruit, a green apple, low sugar fruit, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world once you consume it alongside something that helps slow down that conversion of glucose to glycogen. So once you food combine and you macro combine, your sugar is not going to be completely terrible. But again, it depends on the type of sugar. Love I hope it. that answers your question. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually exactly what I was looking for because it's people have a, one thing that annoys me is when I scroll through Instagram and I see drink this and you will lose 10 pounds in seven days or don't <laughs> eat this because that's bad for you. And I'm like, okay, we need to censor this stuff a whole lot better because I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. It's, it's really comes down to the, the genetics. It comes down to the ancestral piece. It comes down mm -hmm. to your epigenetics, the lifestyle changes you made now, you know, what you've been doing. It, mm -hmm. it, there's so much that really goes, it comes down to, do you have an underlying health issue where somebody's insulin resistant, which most people who are overweight are insulin resistant. And I will die on that hill. Cause I believe that hundred percent. 
um, is mm-hmm. you make sugars can be way worse for you than somebody like myself who can pound it out in a workout with no problem whatsoever. So I think there's a lot that goes into it. And anybody in the earshot of this, I want you to really listen to what she just said and think about it and stop thinking about this is bad or that is bad and think about what's actually doing to your biology. Because once you start to understand that, then you can really start to make some changes. So thank you again for sharing that. And can I just stop you one second and just add? Go ahead. Go ahead. The who is consuming it is very important, right? Because I think you you started pointing that out. Um, And I didn't get to say this earlier, but there's something that we do in functional diagnostic nutrition, which is what I practice as a coach, as a functional coach. We, um, We test people's metabolic type. So you can actually figure out what your metabolic type is. So you will know exactly what sort of portions you should be consuming of your different types of macros. So like my husband, he knows he is a fast oxidizer. I am a mixed oxidizer. So that's why I can get away with eating smaller, like uh, smaller amounts of carbohydrates. And he can kind of get, he he doesn't do well on them. And I don't really do as well on fats, whereas he does better on high, high, high purine proteins. So that's like fattier protein. So he can eat like chicken fat. So eating chicken breast is like, he does not do well on that. It doesn't feel good for him. So this is something that, you know, this is scientific. When people want to talk about science, like you can actually dial down your nutrition to a science by understanding your metabolic type. But again, there's so many factors that are involved. It's not just that. It's also how well are you absorbing foods, right? Um, Do you have an underlying health condition? So taking into account the person, just want to bring it, land the plane there, like the person who is consuming the, the the macro the sugar is really going to be important so it will depend definitely and even your gut enzymes and uh if you're um if you if you're having your your period and where you are in your cycle and there's so many things that and that's why it's important to work with an expert by the way that's really what I'm trying to drive home to thank understand thank you for saying things. that thank you because I think so many people get into the reductionist you were saying like you know they see oh this person on Instagram said eat this not that and you're like but you don't know if they're recommending that's not recommended for you that's not unique to you and your bio individuality and that's why working with an expert someone like myself or other functional health or a naturopathic doctor or whoever who someone who runs lab work laboratory work or laboratory work however you say it in america um laboratory work to check what's working for you what foods are going to be best for you what's your gut lining like is it absorbing foods or are things coming through is it leaky is it causing inflammation are you inflamed are there foods that you're sensitive to what do you need because even those things like even having foods that you're sensitive to they can cause your heart to race cause your blood sugar to elevate because they increase cortisol so so having you know knowing your food sensitivities is such a big part of managing blood sugar definitely thank you thank you that was banging and we're going to continue to talk about sugars because i want to talk about breakfast right hey. because i think that's something that most of us get horribly wrong mm-hmm. so should we eat more sugars or protein slash fats at breakfast um i am a big believer in starting your day with protein um i'm not just a believer there is really good evidence to support this so and obviously anecdotally i could tell you when i used to live on cereal and muffins and coffee and croissants and that was me i was a very different person 12 years ago um you know i kind of i was yeah i was doing what everybody else did i worked in banking um i had a very high fast paced life 
and I would just be grabbing coffee in the morning, pan au chocolat, then a muffin. So I'd have the pan au chocolat by eight. And then by 10, I'm having a muffin, a, a skinny blueberry muffin, thinking that I'm doing myself a favor. And of course, I'm crashing and burning by one o'clock. Like I am exhausted and I need more coffee to keep my energy up. And then of course, once I changed my diet and things changed for me because I had a bunch of health issues that, that happened, I developed IBS and anxiety and a, a host of other things that were going on. And I had to change the way that I was eating. And the minute that I made that switch and the same thing happens to all my clients, the second they start implementing eating protein for breakfast, whether that is eggs and they're having fat eggs and avocado or they're having bacon and nitrate free bacon you know nice organic lean clean bacon um, bacon and eggs uh, along with maybe some greens of some sort their energy levels completely transform and you don't need to eat every two hours like all of a sudden you're satisfied you're sated you're not feeling like I got a pick and I got a snack and that was me in my old banking job and it's what I see is kind of perpetuated in office culture someone's always got like the bagels at the end of a, a desk or the donuts because they know people are eating crappy food and they're going to keep eating it because it keeps them on a blood sugar roller coaster so they will have a tiny bit of energy it will spike and then it will crash quickly and then they got to keep going back for more because they don't have sustained energy from eating that way and if you set yourself up with a really sensible breakfast by having good fat good clean protein right and for me I like having smoothies and I put collagen and stuff in it and that's kind of how I like to start off the day and then I'll have a little bit of bacon or some avocado later but, and when I say later, like within like three or four hours, I might start the smoothie at like seven. And then by 10, I might have the avocado and the bacon because by then I'll have a break in my day and I'll be able to eat by then. Um, that's when you realize like, I don't need to be snacking every two hours. Like I, I can actually go maybe four hours, six hours without having to keep picking at things because I have stabilized my blood sugar. So breakfast, we get it wrong because we get Pop-Tarts. I mean, I don't actually want to like, I want to get on a soapbox about this, but if you go to a supermarket and you see there is a health food section, what does the rest of the food, what does that mean about the rest of the food that's in it? Right. right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I tell people, I say, you know, shop on the outside of your, your supermarket. Don't the shop in the produce sections. Don't go down the middle because the middle is all the stuff that's in boxes and cans and stuff that you don't want to be consuming because if it's got more than five ingredients in it and it's something your grandmother cannot pronounce it's not something you want to be consuming so a pop tart with 5000 different versions of you know different labels and maltodextrins and whatever starches and all the different things that are in and i know they're easy right and i know parents buy these things for convenience because it goes in the toaster it comes out and you have a fed child or you yourself are fed because the croissant is an easier thing but it's not going to serve you in the long run. In fact, it's just going to like make you tired, make you irritable, particularly kids like feeding them sugar, bad idea. First thing in the morning, you're just setting themselves, set, setting, setting yourself up for them being cranky, irritable, um, unfocused. That's another thing like ADD when people say, oh, the kids need to be on Ritalin. I'm like, maybe you just get them off the sugar and get them eating more fat and more protein, their brains will actually develop properly and fire properly. And then they will be able to focus rather than being like distracted and bouncing off the walls. So as a personal bugbear of mine, like seeing how people feed kids because of, you know, marketing, like, you know, cereal companies and on all those things, the marketing tells them like, oh, you should be eating whatever pop tarts for breakfast. And you really shouldn't. So I hope that answered your question. Should we yes. be eating? You yeah. did, you did. And you said a lot of things that just have my brain just firing right now. So let me yeah. 
stop and think about a couple of them. You talk about the ADD. I had Dr. Michael Platt on the show. I think it was, was it last year or early this year? They all start to run together at this point. And he, he, um, he talks about um, adrenaline and cortisol. And he mentions that if we change our diet, we can lower adrenaline. And he specifically mentions ADD and ADHD and the diets that we eat and how it impacts adrenaline that impacts the brain as well. And one of them, of course, we talk about is a lot of sugars that we eat, how it impacts ADD and ADHD. And that's how I'm glad that there are some world um, leaders in the U.S. at least who have been fighting for healthy even lunches in schools and stuff like that. Even though I know we're talking about breakfast, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's uh, it there is there is a there is a, definitely a huge connection there. And someone, my friends, laugh at me because someone told me the other day that I'm the only person they know who mentions eating vegetables with breakfast. And I'm like, yeah, I'll cut up some celery and get like an avocado dip and I'll dip that. And that will be my vegetable with breakfast. Or I'll mm -hmm. saute some spinach and mm -hmm. I'll saute that in, um, in, and it's really quick, like two minutes. Some salt and pepper, saute my spinach, put it on the side, eat that with my breakfast. Like it's really, really simple. Or you know what? You want to mix it up in your, uh, in your omelet, you can have um, greens in your omelet with peppers and stuff like that, right? So mm -hmm. there's really a lot of easy ways to do it. And oh, wonderful. I love that. Another client told me the other day that he was like, you know, since I started changing my, my diet, I realized something. I was eating more foods before, but I wasn't satiated because the foods I was eating before were robbed of nutrients. Mm -hmm. But if you eat a breakfast that's rich in nutrients then it's going to keep you satiated because you're giving your body what it needs. Can you eat crap like Pop-Tarts and Honey Nut Cheerios? And I don't hear about the heart healthy kind of nonsense. That's whatever. Uh, when you eat all that crap and it's also robbed of nutrients, even though it's quote unquote fortified, which that's a different conversation within itself. Oh my God, we can run a whole se separate discussion on that. <laughs> exactly. So then you're really not giving your body what it needs. So your blood sugar spikes and it drops and you're on that roller coaster that you're talking about, but your body at the same time is saying, give me nutrients, give me what it needs. So it's just give so many protein. things. Give me protein, give me protein. Mm -hmm. Right. And healthy fats, which, of course, we know about in mitochondria and how it goes through the pathways. I've talked about that a million times. I'm not even going to hammer that here down down today. But the moral of the story is eating healthy protein and healthy fats with breakfast. And if you're going to eat um, fruits or let's say a carb, for example, you can do that after eating a complete breakfast because all that protein, fat and fiber will significantly slow down your blood sugar. So that's something to consider. So some people like lift in the morning and they live fasted, right? That's their idea. And they need some carbs afterward. Mm -hmm. Eat a protein filled fat breakfast and then eat your apple or your fruit. Um, of course, with your fiber and eat mm -hmm. your apple or your fruit after. And that will give you everything that your body absolutely needs. Now, talk about minerals and vitamins. We talk about one of my best friends, vitamin D. What are some of the benefits of getting vitamin D? Well, there's so many, and this is something that also, it, and again, it depends. So I remember I said, I'm going to be using, it depends a lot to answer this question, these questions, because it always depends on who is experiencing the benefit, right? So someone from a, a Southern climate, like yourself or myself, where we've grown up in sunshine, our needs for vitamin D are greater than someone who is paler, who has grown up in a Northern climate, right? So um, getting your vitamin D levels tested, I think is very crucial. Um, 
because it impacts your hormones. So vitamin D is actually not a vitamin, it's a hormone. So it impacts your overall hormones. So like, let's just get that clear too. So it impacts your hormones. So it's like your sex hormones. So like your estrogen, your testosterone, your um, progesterone. So all the things that make you, you know, um, vibrant, give you energy, give you things to get out of bed. And, you know, you want to, you want to be engaged in the world. Um, so vitamin D hormones, then immunity, big one that's come up in the last two years, right? Um, I know a lot of people have been kind of like, well, we all need to get more vitamin D. And I'm like, but again, it depends, like test your levels. There's also a genetic test that you can do for vitamin D to see if you have any variations around how well you receive and convert vitamin D. Right. And, you know, because sometimes just supplementing with it alone might not be enough and it can actually kind of lead to certain complications, which I like when people say, oh, I've been eating really healthy and I've been taking my vitamin D supplements and, but I have a lot of joint pain and I have a lot of this. And I'm like, how are you taking your vitamin D supplements? Have you tested your vitamin D levels? Do you know that you need a vitamin D supplement? Have you tried just getting sunlight or eating eggs or mushrooms rather than trying to supplement with it? Because there are ways that you can consume it without having to, um, without having to supplement with it. Because when you supplement and you're not doing it synergistically with all the other things that it needs in order for conversion, and this is what I want to really hammer home because everyone I know is out there buying supplements willy-nilly and not they're not thinking about well I, I'm just you're spot treating and you cannot spot treat with vitamins it's not like pills supplements are not like pills right it's like you do not take this for that it's like vitamin d needs magnesium and then again that's going to depend on you what kind of magnesium your body needs it needs um you want to have a little bit of something called vitamin k k2 in particular to help it shuffle because um, it's converting into calcium and most of your body is made up of calcium. We're made up of carbon and calcium, right? So you're a lot of hard structures, your skull, calcium, you know, your teeth, your nails, all these things. And vitamin D is responsible for a lot of that. So in order to have strong bones, right? So we have hormones, we have immunity, we have musculoskeletal, our frame, really, really important. So why is it important to get vitamin D? Well, you kind of need it because it's important for all these other factors, all these other things that are going on in our body, our sexual health, our immunity, our energy, our mood, it becomes such a big thing toward the end of the year when we're going into the darker months, and people aren't getting as much vitamin D as they need. And their mood starts to taper off and they feel like I don't have a lot of energy. I feel kind of crappy, um, very sad, very down. Seasonal affective disorder kicks in. And why is that? It's not just because it's dark. It's because your body's lacking a nutrient. And what you do to fix that is to one test and see where you're at with it. And then do the genetic test to find out, like, do you have the variants? And then you know how to, what kinds of supplements you can take if you need to take them at all in order to, um, to balance it out. And so that the rest of your hormones and everything else starts to, to come back into balance. I hope I answered you know, that question. Of course, of course, you definitely did. Like, as always, as always, you, you, you're definitely delivering. And, you know, supplement, supplementation is something that gets a lot of bad rap. Uh, mm -hmm. especially me being a biohacker, I do supplement even for, um, with, but, but I know what my body needs, but where people go wrong is supplementation is not a replacement. It's an addition to already a healthy lifestyle. So even as a biohacker, whenever I talk to somebody about nutrition, I don't talk about supplementation first. I talk about everything that is supposed to do. And even with my clients. And as I look at what they're doing a few weeks into it, I can recommend, okay, maybe you need to supplement with this. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to do that. However, we have to look at the base first. So supplementation get a bad rap because a lot of people are thinking of supplements 
as a replacement. It is not a replacement. It's addition to what you're already doing, right? Mm -hmm. Then I had uh, Dr. David Shirazi on the show. This was definitely last year. Brilliant doctor. And you, you're talking about the mental health piece. And he mentioned that, you know, we, depression can be connected to a vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. And we have enough information to know that. And again, that's why my show is called what? The Matter of a Mind Experience. You start giving your body what it needs. It helps everything else. You start making gradual changes. Your body will, your mind, everything will start to function better. Now, I'm not saying to ignore the mind. You can't ignore the mind. It's there, right? Mm -hmm. But if you, but when you're physically healthy, everything else becomes a lot easier for you. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, we're talking about the matter of a mind experience. I think I got this from your Instagram. You said, get the body fit and the mind will follow. That should be my official logo, by the way. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, what I, can't take, I can't take 100% credit for it. So one of my mentors is Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a neuropsychiatrist, but who practices in a functional way. Um, and he says, get the brain right and the mind will follow. And I, from everything that I've seen, I was like, well, all these symptoms. So I think depression is not a, I don't actually think it's a disorder. I think it's a symptom of an underlying condition. Anxiety is the same thing. It is a symptom. So these symptoms are like the check light on our dashboard of our cars, right? And they're there to alert us to the fact that there's something that we're not getting. So you were just talking about the nutrients that we're not getting. Um, and that's essentially what it is. It's like either we're not eating it, or we're not absorbing it because you could be eating it, but you're not absorbing it because there's something going on with your gastrointestinal tract and a dysbiosis and imbalance of bugs or bacteria or a leaky gut or something going on, food sensitivities, whatever it is, an infection. These things can, can really have an impact on what's going on with the brain. So I... I actually call myself on Instagram, I'm the gutsy executive coach, because I talk a lot about that, that connection between the gut and the brain. And I work with women who are, you know, high performing women, and basically what I used to do, I, I mean, I left the banking world and the corporate world, but my a lot of my clients now are from from that world. So the gutsy part is about obviously being, you know, full of life and beans and being strong. But it's about connecting that gut brain and understanding that what you feed yourself and how well it's converted and absorbed is going to impact what happens with your brain because we have this thing called the vagus nerve it's like a highway that runs between the gut and the brain and it transports 90% like 90% of your serotonin is actually made in your digestive tract right so that's why I say get the body right and the mind will follow because how is serotonin being made serotonin is a neurotransmitter neurotransmitters are made from protein and where do we get protein from? And the best kinds of protein, animal protein, clean, lean, non-toxic, grass-fed, grass-finished, wild-caught, pasture-raised, you know, free-range animal protein. You're going to get the best type of, types of protein, omega-3s as well, you know, very, very important for helping develop a healthy brain and even to prevent aging as you get older. So you want to be consuming good fats, good proteins, and making sure that you're absorbing it. So that's why I say get the body right and the brain will follow and then the mind will follow. Because once you get those things right and you get the balance and there's certain, there's even certain, there's research on certain types of bacteria. There's one called lactobacillus rhamnosus. That is completely linked to mental health and um if you've got something yeah so if you've got like an overgrowth of bad bacteria it will deplete your stores of lactobacillus and you know there's several strains of lactobacillus right so but if it starts if these bad bacteria these opportunistic bugs start crowding out the good bugs what do you think is going to happen you're going to become more irritable more shaky more more sad more depressed and a lot of people get really confused when they so they're saying like well wait is this 
so you're saying that it's not actually me, it's my bugs that are depressed. I'm like, well, no, the bugs are sucking all your nutrients. So what's happening is that's what's going on. That's why you're not happy because you're, you're not getting the nutrients that you need because you've got these, it sounds so gross, but parasitic organisms, you know, they're, they're, you're a host and there are over a hundred trillion of them living within your gastrointestinal tract. Like if you weighed what was going on in your gut, your gut can weigh up to five pounds. Like all the micro microorganisms inside of there can weigh up to five pounds. Um, and a hundred trillion of them are in there. And 57% of those are not human. They're non-human. So that tells you that we are outnumbered by our gut microbes right by so much and we have to be mindful of that it's like well what are we feeding ourselves what are we feeding them and do we want to keep that gut microbiome in balance because once we do that it's not just about being physically fit or physically active the when i say get the body right it's about nurturing what's going on that ecosystem within your your gut you took the words out of my mouth because i was going to say yeah we're actually more bacteria than we are humans so you explained that very eloquently so thank you so much that was absolutely great and i want to hint touch on the vitamin the um, i'm sorry omega-3 thing mm -hmm. because most processed foods are rich in are inflammatory right mm -hmm. and if we look at the standard american diet it's about 15 or 17 to 1 of inflammatory, which is omega-6 to omega-3s, right? So our diets are naturally inflammatory because of all the crap that we eat. But we eat good, healthy meats, good, healthy fats, grass-fed, pasture-raised. You, you start to eat a more omega-3 anti-inflammatory diet, mm -hmm. right? Instead of that nasty 17 to 1 inflammatory to anti-inflammatory right so just stop and think about what we're doing to ourselves by eating all the crappy stuff even though it may be quick and easy but mm -hmm. really what we're doing to ourselves in the long term because just about every disease we can think of is tied yes. into chronic inflammation and not only that is related to the gut as well mm -hmm. and bad bad and also the bad bacteria bad microbes so and we have so much evidence that proves that we just mm -hmm. need we just need to have more professionals like yourself who are teaching and helping people to get to that next step. Well, now, I appreciate your platform for doing that because you know it's not mainstream this stuff. Like if you go to your GP your, your, or your primary care provider, they're not going to know a lot about this, you know. And some of the tests that when people come to me and they say, "Well, can I get this through my insurance? Can I not get this through my doctor?" I'm like, "No, they don't even know these tests exist. They only look at blood work. Like I do stool testing and a very specific type of stool testing that your doctor is not going to do. Um, you know, and it's not the only test that I run. I run several. So, and that's another thing." they're like well can I just do one I'm like well no why would I only, why would you only one run why would you only run one test because it's like looking for an intruder in only one room of your house the body is it's systematic right like you you you've got all these different things that plug and play into each other so you can't just like oh, only focus let's say on the tires of the car if the car isn't working you have to check the engine you gotta check the oil you gotta check the exhaust system you gotta see what's going on under the hood you can't be like the car's not working I'm only gonna fix the tires no, that might not be where the problem is, right? Like you have to figure out, well, where is the problem? And you do that by doing multiple tests and not just blood work, unfortunately. Exactly. I 100% agree. And guess what, everyone? We're coming up to the hack of the episode, right? But before I give you the hack of the episode, you know, I have a gift for my wonderful audience out there. I'm going to tell you about the Amino Code. They have a fantastic product that I definitely use and it's called Heal. Heal is a 100% science-backed essential amino acid formulation designed to reduce 
recovery times and improve physical function by accelerating muscle repair while helping you maintain healthy inflammatory response. Remember, when we train, we actually create inflammation in that process, right? See, the EAA profile of HEAL has been shown to increase muscle mass even, check this out, during times of complete physical inactivity. See, their profile, and this is so cool, was first developed to help NASA astronauts maintain muscle mass in space and then refined to help everyday people like myself, even though I don't always consider myself human, experiencing prolonged periods of inactivity. Studies, because studies have shown that just two weeks of inactivity results in decreased muscle mass and 50% drop in muscle protein synthesis. Now, I drink it every single day, post-workout, usually in the in the evenings. And I'm telling you, it is absolutely fine. It's helped me so much in my training, especially because I combine it with Perform. And that allows me to work out for longer, work out, uh, work out stronger, have better muscle endurance, and recover so much better. You should definitely check it out. But there's a recent clinical trial that compared one and two scoop amounts of heel with high quality whey protein. And the net balance between, um, between the whole body protein synthesis and breakdown were measured. And the response to heel was found to be at least three times larger than whey protein on a gram for gram basis. And let me to explain that to you. Heel uses whey protein concentrate which absolutely banging, basically your muscles use it very well. Then it has the essential amino profile, which is brilliantly formulated and creatine in the same mixture. So you're giving your muscles so much that can really help you in muscle strength and muscle recovery. So of course, you go to aminoco um, slash uh, Zico Health. I'm sorry, aminoco.com slash Zico Health. And you get 30% off heal and also perform the other product that I use. Um, and also the, the link, I'll draw my, so I got a blank there. The link will be in the description of the podcast as well. So I'm sorry for my little fumble right there, but the link will be in the description of the podcast and click on it, but it's aminoco.com says Zico health to get 30% off heal and also perform the other product that I use. And with that being said, let's get back to the regular scheduled programming. What are five reasons why our diet isn't working? Oh, great question. Um, well, we have strayed very far away, one, from what we evolved to eat naturally. So, so industrialization is probably a big part of that. So modernization, the standard American diet or standard Western diet is very heavy on, you just mentioned, omega-6s. So we're using the wrong types of oils um, in our foods. Um, so oils are a big part of it. Blood sugar is another part of it. Um, gut health, which we touched on earlier, and we could, we could talk about that ad nauseum. I could keep going. Um, gut health is another part of it. Um, your genetics, you know, people are living all over the world now. We travel more, we do more things. We're not eating food that we're ancestrally, you know, designed to eat even. And we've got a lot more mixing happening too. So, you know, our, our that that's also a big, big part of what's going on. So that's four things so far. I'm coming up with the fifth one. Um, 
we got genetics, blood sugar, gut health, um, uh, uh, traveling, um, and oils. And I'm thinking, what's the five one? Give me a five one. Why isn't our diet working? Oh, yeah. quantities, of course. You know, you travel to America and you travel to England. And I see when I get to the US, I'm always like, that could feed me for like a week, whatever they put on my plate, you know, because the quantities are so ginormous. So quantities are part of it. Um, what's in the food, also a big part of it. Like, you know, like we said, the oils, the sugars, the all the additives, that's probably one. I mean, we're just eating too many foods that are like, they're Franken foods. You know, they're not even real, they're food products, food products, not actual food. So if we could eat more foods that are closer to what is designed in nature, if we could grow our own food, and this is something that, you know, I'm going off on a tangent here, but uh, last year for my husband's birthday, I got him one of those, um, it's a hydroponic food tower. So we can grow food ourselves and we have we have greens and tomatoes and uh, tomatoes and um, zucchini and um, what are the other things that we eat all year round? Um, arugula, bok choy, all that kind of stuff that you can grow all year round with this hydroponic tower. So if you could start growing more of your own food and you don't have to pick up that yucky stuff that's in the supermarket that's been washed and rewashed a couple hundred times and all sorts of yucky water, because you know you can get salad that says that it's already washed and prepared. You're like, I really want to know what they washed it in. Grow your own, you know, start growing your own food. One of the reasons our diet isn't working is because we've gotten disconnected from our food. We've gotten very disconnected. Food comes from somewhere else and it lands up on a shelf in a in packaging and plastic wrap. That's probably one of the main reasons we no longer are connected to our food. And I'm very fortunate. Like I grew up with my grandparents who were farmers. They 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 farm cocoa and, and coffee. My dad is a farmer. He didn't used to be. He got very, very sick. He was in corporate. He went, he ran away from the farm. And then in his old age, he went back to it because he realized like, wait, this is actually the better life. Like he did, you know, 40 years in corporate and then headed back into um into farming and growing organic food. Growing your food is probably going to be one of the best things that you can do for yourself because there's so many additives, so many pesticides, there's so many reasons why we become inflamed. And the additives, the pesticides, these are the things that are making because you know, you could eat an egg that isn't free range and that's pumped for that poor chicken's pumped full of hormones. And yeah, egg is a great source of protein, but the, the quality of that egg compared to an egg that's grown, that's um, raised by someone who's got their chickens roaming free and pecking and not being, you know, not being fed genetically modified corn is going to be a totally different nutritional experience for you, right? One is you've got an inflamed chicken and then if you eat the inflamed chicken, you're eating an inflamed egg and then you're going to become inflamed. So you want to be choosing the food that is closest, it's closest in nature so that chicken running around free and pecking at worms and grubs in the ground is going to be better for you than someone feeding their chicken soy or grain or you know something that's very inflammatory and the chicken's being pumped full of hormones so five reasons why our diet isn't working there's so many more but um I think, yeah, you know, the quality of our food, our genetics, blood sugar, gut health, um industrialization probably the biggest reason for me. I would, and just to add to that is just to say our breakfast, I would say really, con really consider what you're eating for breakfast, because mm -hmm. if you start to eat healthy protein, healthy fat, fi good, good, healthy fiber, which feeds your gut bacteria. And if you need some good, healthy carbs with it as well for breakfast, mm -hmm. instead of the, and when I say breakfast, by the way, it doesn't have to be eight o'clock. It doesn't have to be nine o'clock. It could be 12 o'clock. Breakfast yeah. is whenever you break your fast. I That's intermittent right. fast sometimes like this today, I didn't eat until 12. So, mm -hmm. you know, whenever you break your fast, you want to have a good, healthy breakfast that can work 
as gangbusters, just making that one change alone. And with that being said, uh, how can my audience learn more about your work and get in touch with you? Well, I would love for people to connect with me. I have a wonderful free Facebook group where I do lives and I share information every day in there. Um, uh, it's called uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash well works world because my whole mission is to help create a well world. So facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash well works world. And you can find me on Instagram, Gutsy Executive Coach, and on my website. Um, I'm inviting everybody right now to do a burnout quiz because I want to see where people are at, but it's not your typical kind of burnout quiz. I've got like a little quiz on the site that I think people should do. Find out their score, find out where they're where they're at, if they're crispy or not. Um, <laughs> because I feel like we're under so much attack right now with the media, with the things going on in the world. Um, and I feel people are a little bombarded and I give some really good tips. Like once you complete the quiz, you get some information on how to to beat burnout through your food as well as things like your mindset so that's on well-works.co awesome and of course our contact information will be in the show notes and this one's going to be zikahealth.com slash well works world and of course the uh, show notes are going to be in the description of the podcast i'll make it easy for everyone just click on it and you get all our information and with that being said we're out for today fam Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.